the beat, beat. All since notes are fully punctuated. Running the light dot exe. System optimization is less than normal. Server damage detected. Please stop whatever you are doing and make your way to the nearest exit. Technical support is complete. Please vacate the area. I repeat. Please leave. Are you even listening to me? I will shoot you. Error. Server block 3 is experiencing critical ignition. Yes, right. System failure imminent. I hope you are proud of yourself. Initiating the Low Life Podcast. All right. So, uh, yeah, it's two days later. Haha. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we did time travel and shit. Um, uh, this is uh, the Low Life Podcast. Uh, now, now we are no longer the woke culture ass wagon. We are on a thirty day mute until the jokes change. <laughs> and um, so, uh, this is quite ops. I'm here with uh, Shadow Lake. Glory to the machine. And Scar. Hello. And we're gonna rush through a fun little story about the rise and fall of the FCC fairness. Doctor. Oh boy. Okay. I know it sounds real boring. Oh boy. Um. But I get to do things like shop dates, so that's fucking fun. <laughs> you know? for, for example, 1922, Boston department store magnate John Shepard III opened WNAC. In 1923, it joined with AT&T's WEAF in New York for the first chain broadcast. Yankee would grow to 17 stations in the network by 1938. All right, so this dude, John Shepard, basically was just like, I like radio. Let's do it. Okay. He had a bunch of shows where like a rabbi was on. He had a, like a, a women's show that was extremely popular and stuff like that. Played a uh, Red Sox games, you know, yeah. this is sad Boston. 1938, former Yankee employer, Lawrence J. Flynn said, fuck you. Challenged Shepard's license of WAAB in Boston while filing a complaint about WNAC. Basically, what it was is that Flynn claimed that these stations were being used to talk shit about local politicians by airing one-sided political viewpoints, broadcast attacks, and editorials. Hmm. FCC asked for examples from Shepard, so to appease the FCC, Shepard removed the editorials. Hmm. Basically, what it was is, like, no, no, like the guy being attacked wasn't able to get on the air. Yeah, yeah. And, like, be like, hey, what the fuck? Sure. So, yeah. then, also, Flynn... you. Uh, we should have put up that warning, that uh, that acronym warning. I don't know who any of these people are other than AT&T. It doesn't matter. Okay. WEAF is just like WNDC. All right. You know yeah. I mean? okay. like it's, that's, yeah. that's all it is. And it, every station has one. Like every like uh, Hot 101 in Youngstown, Ohio. Yeah. Wait, so their problem was yeah, is right, that right, right, with right. their editorial, because it's a radio show, They their problem was is that they were basically taking the piss out of somebody, but that person wasn't there to defend himself, so... And, and we're never given the chance. Or we're never given the chance. Like okay. that's that's the point. There, there's no equal time. Or Interesting. Like there's mm. no. It's like basically it would be like Fox. Sure. Um, yeah. So, Fox, and whenever they invite anybody onto any of their shills shows. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Because like recently, like uh, NPR had like uh, Trump on, and he was on for like eight minutes before he threw a little crybaby tantrum and just <laughs> left. <laughs> And it's like, and that was the first time they'd ever had him on, which That's is like, incredible. what a yeah. fucking baby. Anyway, so then 
So this Flynn, he, he then created a company called Mayflower Broadcasting in an attempt to get the FCC to award him Shepard's WAAB license. Hmm. Okay? The FCC refused. But 1941, the FCC did make a ruling known as the Mayflower Decision, which declared that radio stations, due to their public interest obligations, must remain neutral in matters of news and politics, and they were not allowed to give an editorial support to any particular political position or candidate. And this decision held for eight years. So from like 41 to 49, shit was like, huh, this is what news should be. This is kind of where like journalism was like forged into something slightly different, right? Yeah. So the FCC also ruled that owners could not own more than one station per city. So Shepard moved WAAB to Worcester. And that is a thing that held until I was like. Yeah, I was going to say, that's interesting. So the idea. You would have. 10 different stations in a town and this would be the oldie station that's what they're known for this would be the you know yeah rock station this yeah. would be the pop station this would be the new that station. for a this while the, you know, even when i was like and it was and they were cool yeah like i really liked that shit growing yeah. up man they got along they would go to fucking festivals and shit and you'd see them all walking around they were all buddies like even when i was like you know as young mean? as like 18 and um yeah. like when i was at first moved to chicago and this was like early 2000s but like even then radio was so radically different where there was like all sorts of shit you could just find on the radio yeah. station yeah. like weird college radio weird shit. yeah exactly it? like in i don't know we'll probably get and you can find these well you can find a lot of these stations now that are still left on uh like radio garden because a lot of them do mm-hmm. internet like broadcasting simultaneously yeah. and that's why you, you know you could find when like there is some really weird fucking like techno station mm-hmm. in like sweden you know and hit it up just by spinning the globe it's really neat so anyway so so this this decision for like you know having to keep shit like fair for, lasted about eight years. Hmm. In 1949, the FCC's editorializing report uh, repealed the Mayflower Doctrine, but it laid the foundation for the Fairness Doctrine by reaffirming the FCC's holding that licensors or licensees must not use their stations quote for the private interest whims or caprices of licensees, but in a manner which will serve serve the community greatly. There's this real sense of like altruism. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. There's a lot of trust in that, I think. And that's the funny thing, too. We'll get to it later. But like, there were two forms of regulation, like to this end, basically. One was to provide ac- adequate coverage of public issues, hmm. meaning like tornadoes coming. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, fucking, oh, there was a leak and the, avoid this area or, you know, bridges out. Like, that's, you've got to have that. And, sure traffic updates and then when you know shit was slow you'd be like all right so the high school baseball game went like this you know and that's that was just a thing that would no it, local t- yeah. radio had that shit locked down so and two to ensure that coverage fairly represented opposing views so you'd have somebody come up and be like birds are real you bring another guy on to say birds aren't real <laughs> you know and <laughs> yeah it's the pro there there's a, a problem built into that in that you're giving equal time to Kush. sure but i, I like, can yeah. i can see the reasoning behind it you know what i mean like it's the whole american right. thing of like you know free speech you should at least have opposing views that could talk to each other politely right. again there's a lot of trust the in, idea being there's a lot of trust in this well the idea yeah. being that sunlight is the best disinfectant so if you get say someone with a massive audience to say something dumb like uh i don't know ivermectin is a good way to fight COVID. yeah these you were know, these these were thought you would hate for that to happen these were that these would be were a terrible with a much more positive view of people <laughs> of thinking and yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, people were a little less likely to run headlong into their own fucking the find out. Yeah, it was assumed humans <laughs> were rational creatures. Yeah. So right, so like rule two, it, it required broadcasters to provide time to reply to you know issue oriented citizens. 
like if you were a citizen, you wanted to get on TV locally or on the radio locally, you should have time to do that. Mm -hmm. And they would have time set aside. It would be equal to whatever. And then broadcasters could then be caught in like fairness doctrine complaints without straight editorializing by only presenting one side. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they could have issue oriented citizens show up, but they might be on the side of the thing. Interesting. Yeah. So you... and it might, might be a plan. You know what I'm saying? It was yeah. still like dirty drugs. And there's, there is an inherent problem with just being like, oh, there are only two sides to every story, I think. Right, yeah, right. Uh, it, yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's very it's simplistic. Binary. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, this is 1949. We just had the whole, like, the propaganda from World War II was still washed all over people. People come back yeah. all mm -hmm. fucked up and shit. Oh, Nazis man. were a clear no. enemy. You know Huack. what I mean? Pearl Harbor, yeah. clear enemy. That whole fucking mentality. Yeah, and then we're starting to see HUAC uh, rise around this time, too. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> neither neither of these rules were required before 1949. It was only about like meeting bare minimum requirements with regards to like say public interest standards in the most general sense of the thing. Yeah. So it's just like you know, roads out. Make sure you do that. The doctrine was only a general policy, and it was only applied on a case by case basis until 1967, when certain provisions of the doctrine were incorporated into FCC regulations. So instead of it just being like a doctrine where it's just like, look, uh, do this or we'll come for you, it became like, no, do this. Hmm. So 1969, hmm. the U.S. Court of Appeals uh, directed the FCC to revoke Lamar Broadcasting's license for TV station WLBT due to their segregationist policies and ongoing censorship. Oh, God. And then... NBC's news coverage of the U.S. civil rights movement. So straight up in like fucking PA, like these dudes were like, no. wow, yeah. Now we're going to jump ahead a little bit. 1974, the FCC stated that Congress had given it the power to mandate a system of access, either free or paid, for person or groups wishing to express a viewpoint oh on a controversial public issue. Oh boy! But mm. that it had not been, it had not exercised that power because licensed broadcasters had quote voluntarily complied with the spirit of the doctrine. So, like, <laughs> if enough money, I could just like pay them. This is go on and say, yeah, birds are in fact, you know, not, not real. real. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. and keep in mind, this is two years before network came out. <laughs> That's like <laughs> the most capitalist thing, though, right? Is the idea of like, yeah. if you give us enough money, you could come on our station and say whatever the weird shit you want. Yep. Right. 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 But here's the thing: it was still good then. Yeah. That's, That's the fucked again, up part because this is all, we're gonna this is all assuming we're gonna rational. jump around a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so the FCC at that time warned that quote should future experience indicate that the doctrine uh, in parentheses of voluntary compliance is inadequate, either its expectations or in its results, the commission will have the opportunity and the responsibility for such further assessment and action as would be mandated. So they're like, so if this don't work, we'll we'll look at it. Hmm. So. The FCC argued that teletext was exempt from the fairness doctrine because it was a new tech that created soaring demand for a limited resource, which is a direct quote from the Wikipedia. So I had to, I thought I knew what teletext was. Hmm. I thought that teletext was basically like a machine in a news place that would print out like the AP yeah. stories that you would Something go on would and be. show for, right? That's what it sounds sure. like. No, it's not. It's way weirder. <laughs> This is 74, right? So this was basically, it, it sends data in broadcast signals hidden in the invisible blanking interval uh, area at the top and the bottom of the screen. A decoder in the television buffers this information and spreads it out over the screen as a series of pages, each given a number, 
Users can navigate this with a remote control. It's basically a rudimentary browser. Weird. Hmm. And you would have a numbered and like arrowed remote control for it. It basically looks yeah. like a combination of a cable menu, but with like Atari twenty six hundred. <laughs> wow, interesting. There's like I yeah, there's some really interesting like uh, it was in, it was like the BBC invented it and stuff, huh. and uh, you know it started it kind of started taking a shit in the late nineties, pretty much dying off by like the early twenty tens. I think mm. in like twenty twelve or twenty fourteen, that was like the last one. Working. Yeah, but at the time, um, like that's MTV had one, CNN had one that has it's still accessible apparently but it hasn't been updated since like 2006 nice <laughs> so it's just sending the last page forever which yeah. that's some dystopian shit right there um <laughs> anyway so it turns out that like there were the telecommunications research and action center along with media access report argued that teletext transmission should be regulated like any other airwave technology thus the fairness doctrine was applicable it must be enforced by the FCC. And this is all important because this is a new tech. It literally is something I've never personally seen. Yeah, I don't want... But it was kind of like one of those things where like people just had them on their fucking... They had a TV that would be fitted. Yeah, they don't want like number stations on your TV and shit. Yeah, but it was... I saw a couple of them and like one of them was like an update on what Manic Street Preachers was doing. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> what? It, they were like going on tour and it was like an announcement that they were playing locally. Interesting. You know? And it was like, holy fuck. Oh, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but anyway, so 1986, and this is where it gets. The U.S. Court of Appeals for D.C. concluded that the Fairness Doctrine uh, did apply to teletext, but that the FCC wasn't required to enforce it. So, like, why even fucking? Have yeah, what? This, why bother? Yeah, we 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 built this thing to prevent the wolves from eating the sheep, but but we didn't turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And that was that was uh, fucking. Uh, there was a Bork and Alito were the justices that were working on this. They weren't on the Supreme Court yet. They Did they give a reason for like thinking this way? Like, oh, we just don't have the time or resources or like. This is where the fuckery begins. Okay, this is that it's going to hurt your brain a little bit as you try to piece this together <laughs> because it doesn't make sense. I'm I'm really going to fuck you up in a minute. Like. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna do like a little little red herring, and then it's just gonna be like, "What? You're gonna scream a lot. You're gonna scream a lot from the very end." So, oh 1987, boy. two other judges on the same court declared that Congress did not mandate the doctrine, and that the FCC did not have to continue to enforce it. See, like the FCC can't do anything. Congress has to be like, "Do this." Sure. Yeah. The FCC can just be like, "Hey, this is fucked up." Action, and they do have things that they are mandated to do, but unless. If it comes internally, like uh, we're going to see. So we're going to jump back to 1969 real quick. All right. So this is a Supreme Court decision. Fred J. Cook was this author who published this book called Goldwater, Extremist of the Right, about Barry Goldwater, who was an absolute shit stain of a human yep. being. Mm -hmm. and, and this was discussed by one Billy James Hargis on its da his daily uh, Christian Crusade radio broadcast on WGCB in Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Cook sued for free airtime on the show to respond to personal attacks from Hargis. <laughs> Balls. Hmm. Balls. Yep. I'm going to go to God's country, Pennsylvania, <gasps> to go on a Christian yep. radio station to be like, oh, fuck yeah, yourself. That's... And think I'm going to walk out of that room alive. That's incredible, though. That is stones the size of the Where else would you do it, though? Like, again, like, you would do this and... Well, that's all you yeah, could do. Like, this is the one that... That I guess that was his only option then. Like, no, oh, yeah, it's sixty nine. I mean, he could have nice. called in. I guess they had that technology, mm -hmm. but it, I don't think he. That I think he wanted. Yeah. <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> yeah. 
sit across the table from and smoke a cigarette and be like, listen, asshole. yeah, basically, like, so, it's an audience, like, no, like, right. And, and usually, like, like, similar laws like this, they're unconstitutional when you apply them to, like, the press. Mm. But SCOTUS in 1969 cited a Senate report stating that radio stations could be regulated in this way because of the limited public airwaves at the time. There weren't a lot of radio stations. Interesting. Yet. Hmm. They were very regional and they didn't like quite have the reach that we have now because now all it is is get a signal pumped in from a satellite from a place that isn't even that yeah. area. Yeah. Here's the playlist. You have this much time to talk before the next song starts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's it. So <clears throat> Justice Byron White wrote, well, a license permits broadcasting, but the licensee has no constitutional right to be the one who holds the license or to monopolize a radio frequency to the exclusion of his fellow citizens. There is nothing in the First Amendment which prevents the government from requiring a licensee to share his frequency with others. It is the right of the viewers and the listeners, not the right of the broadcasters, which is paramount. Hmm. That's wow. Weird. That would break fucking next to yeah. you say that out loud with your mouth. Yeah. It's... So, additionally, the, well, the court didn't see how the fairness doctrine went against the First Amendment's goal of creating an informed public. You know, like, that's what it was built for. It was built for not, like, yes, there's propaganda, but there's also a place to talk about the propaganda. Yeah. So, you know, best case. I just love the idea that they're so, like, yeah, like, he's trying to talk shit about a racist, and they're like, what? <laughs> like, can right. he do that? Well, I mean, this guy, this guy wrote a book about Barry Goldwater, yeah. right? And this Christian guy went and allegedly just like talked tons of shit about this author. And the author's like, just yo, what up? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And do we gotta go to court about it? Okay, we'll go to court about it. Wow. You know? yeah. And uh so anyway, the fairness doctrine required that those who were talked about be given a chance to respond to the statements, mm-hmm. you know, made right. by broadcasters. That's just you should have a chance. You should have the chance. Yeah. Anyway. Justice White explained that without the do- this doctrine, station owners would only have people on the air who agreed with their opinions. I can't imagine <laughs> what that must be like. <laughs> yeah, what the, what's that about? Yeah. yeah. And you can't imagine anything different. That's what's Yeah, we all know all our news stations like, are impartial uh, and, like, you know, have both sides of an argument. And burr, burr, burr. Yeah, balanced news coverage. Yeah, yeah, fair and balanced. Oh God. Anyway, he also he also argued that radio frequencies and TV stations should be used to educate the public about controversial issues in a way that is fair and not biased, oh, boy. so that they can create their own opinions. Mm-hmm. The court ruled unanimously in 1969 that the fairness doctrine was not only constitutional but essential to democracy. It also warned that if the doctrine ever restrains speech, then its constitutionality should be reconsidered. Hmm. Interesting. So we're still mm-hmm. we're still in the sixties. All right. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. Right? Like that's we got you yeah. know, so far so good. Well, like it makes sense. I'm I'm saying we're still in the sixties yeah. next year. Yep. This is it's a little it's about that same time ish. All right. So we got this guy Bill Ruder. He was the assistant secretary of commerce under Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And he said Quote, our massive strategy in the early 60s was to use the fairness doctrine to challenge and harass right-wing broadcasters and hope that the challengers <laughs> would be so costly to them that they would be inhibited and decide it was too expensive to continue. Oh, come on, man. Uh-huh. <sighs> yeah, but, I mean, it's he wasn't the first one, and there was a reason why, like, this thing came about, right? So, I'm not making excuses for him. That's a dick move, but, hey, yeah. yo, it's hardball. Yeah. This is what they're doing. Yeah. So... Fuck. 
Anyway, former Kennedy FCC staffer Martin Firestone wrote a memo to the Democratic National Committee on Strategies to combat small rural radio stations unfriendly to Democrats. Quote, the right-wingers operate on a strictly cash basis, and it is for this reason that they are carried by so many small stations. Were our efforts to be continued on a year-round basis, we would find that many of these stations would consider the broadcast of these programs bothersome and burdensome. This is us versus them shit. Like, you well, know. It's been team sports. Yeah. Longer, you know? But, uh, you know, especially if they're ultimately required to give us free time and would start dropping the programs from their broadcast schedule. So the idea is, like, this guy wants to put on an hour show where he's just like, ah, uh, uh, f- fuck integration. And then, like, now he can only say that for 30 minutes instead of 60 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, he's, he's all like, eh, I don't yeah. like it. And it's because, like, you know, this was their strategy was to get on their shows to debate them. This was that whole fucking like Ivy League debate me. Oh god! From like uh, the fucking right uh, now, right? Yeah. The point where it's like, no, I'm not gonna fucking give you the air. I'd rather just fucking wail on you. Like it doesn't matter that he's a Democrat. You know what no. I mean? It's like, oh, you're, you're Ivy League, so you, yeah, you never fuck graduated off. high school in a lot of ways. Yeah, shelter the large. I'll tell you too that like uh, we will. Well, fucking Nazis use this thing, right? Because they're like, "Oh, you won't debate me," and I'm yeah. like, "You don't. You only deserve violence." I'm sorry. Like, there's no debating right. you because you don't want my me or my family or I my mean, friends to is... exist. So, it, dude, yeah. this shit's been going back to Socrates. Yeah, you know I mean? like it. Like this, we all haven't agreed on game. that there are some things you don't like. Give air. You don't debate. Like, yeah. When? Well, because we already settled the issue. <laughs> yeah, we had a whole war like, over it. Oh, wait, yeah. genocide's good? Oh, fuck. Oh, well, hell, shit. Let me sit down and think about this. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, anyway, Democratic operatives were deeply involved in that Red Lion case from its beginning. Wayne Phillips and DNC staff were described the aftermath of the ruling, explaining that, quote, even more important than the free radio time was the effectiveness of this operation in inhibiting the political activity of these right-wing broadcasts. Oh. Like, these motherfuckers were doing war, yeah. right? I kind of loved it. I can't can't hate on it because I mean it's just literally it's an application of the technology and they got there first. That's sure. All. Yeah. I mean it's it, and it's not like yay good for the Democrats. No, they were kind of shitty. Then, I mean yeah, but yeah. like I mean, they've always been shitty. Like both parties. Yeah. No. I mean, look, well, one's obviously much the, worse. The name than the is other. ever since the Southern strategy where they flipped names, none of it mattered. Yeah. Yeah. None of it mattered. <laughs> Like, it's all literally like, what is your pay grade? Okay, cool. Now I know, like, eh. Yeah. Anyway, so the revocation. In 1985, this is the part. (laughs) Mark S. Fowler, FCC chairman who had served on Reagan's presidential campaign staff in 76 and 80. He's the FCC chairman. Mm -hmm. Okay. To reiterate what I just said. Yeah. He released its report on general fairness doctrine obligations which stated that the doctrine actually hurt the public interest and violated free speech rights guaranteed by the First Amendment. Because, of course, mm-hmm. right? Because you of think course. That, right? This gets weirder. <laughs> the commission could not, however, come to a determination as to whether the doctrine had even been enacted at all by Congress through its 1959 amendment to Section 315. Did they just invent a conspiracy theory? No, they literally, like, there's no record. Oh, really? All this shit was just them settling out of court. So there wasn't like this mandate was applied. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. It was just like, hey, we're going to fuck with you. And they were like, nah. This was really like strongman shit in a lot of yeah. ways. 
It's yeah. just like you just send a really broad-shouldered man in a two-small suit jacket to your door and be like, uh, "Huh? All right, that's good enough." So, <laughs> so in 1986, Congress directed the FCC to examine alternatives to the fairness doctrine and submit a report to Congress on the subject. Now, in 1987, a case was returned to the FCC with a directive to consider whether the doctrine had been self-generated or mandated by Congress. This is the hmm. this is the one. This is where you should be. You feel it? You feel that scream? I just yeah. I just love the idea that it took so many years for them to realize we've just been doing this and we didn't have to, but also like they're kind of inventing this shit at the same time. Well, they're yeah. splitting hairs. Yeah. They're doing that whole like oh, did you mean this or did you mean this? They're weaseling their like way. Just a fresh yeah, they're just of that they're word, fucking you know? trying to weasel their way. Into- it's weasel. It's it's rat Yeah, it's, it's rat fucking, fucking, Yeah. Yeah. So the FCC then opened an inquiry re- inviting public comment on alternative means for administrating and enforcing the fairness doctrine. Oh. Its 1987 report flatly rejected all the alternatives, which included, one, abandoning a case-by-case enforcement approach, which, you know, I guess could be kind of slow. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. That would pile up real quick. Uh, oh, yeah, and it did, you know, real quick. Well, when they cave a shit. Anyway. Another one is replacing the doctrine with open access time for all members of the public, which I can't imagine being a good idea. <laughs> Hello, my name is Nair Birds Real. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all you need. I mean, this is 87, so I knew these people. You don't want I mean, that. weird shit already exists um, on airwaves at that point, but like... Yeah. I, you know, but you know what would have been cool is it was old WWF stuff. Yeah. You know, that that would be cool. Like every fucking wrestler could have a show independent of wrestling. That would be um, actually really just cool. for the story. Yeah, 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 that's all I. That want. would you know I don't care about the fucking shit back then, man. Andre the Giant like talking to Iron Sheik on the. God, phone. imagine like we had an alternate history uh, where like yeah we did actually have ten thousand channels, like yeah, a million like, channels. Well, now we now do. we do, but like yeah. I'm just saying, like but back they're then, they're all showing the same thing, and like, well. Yeah. Well, oh, and then, so unless you're talking well, about YouTube, never mind. I was gonna say maybe us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing that thing with like my my knuckle under my eye, you know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so well, another one of was uh, doing away with the personal attack rule, which mandated response time for an individual or group attack during uh, quote origination cable casting. Hmm. It focused on a controversial issue of public importance. So it was just like, no, nah, you can say whatever you want on your channel because we're libertarians. Yeah, that's this is this is a large reason why Goldwater's a piece of shit, and this stuff all fucking bubbled up throughout the regular. Mm-hmm. And I'm skimming over a ton of it, but like, yeah, it, trust me, that's in the. Well, stew. That's the thing. A lot of and, a lot uh, of these fuckers, would, you know, they were gonna you know, like America's you know yeah. free speech things to like basically say, well, I could say you know I don't want you to exist, basically, and that's protected yeah. under our laws. It's not oh, actually, yeah. but they'll say, yeah. you know, they'll use that to, you know, justify whatever awful shit they want to espouse. Yep. Right. So, yeah, there it is, man. Like they eliminated, they, they, they wanted to eliminate other certain aspects of the doctrine, mm-hmm. too, probably whatever. It was just like one of those things where you hire lobbyists and they look at each part of it and then they're just like, we don't like this one. We don't yeah, like this yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. We'll change it to this and make it more ridiculous kind of shit. Like the modern So in August. Politics. Oh, yeah, no. So on August 5th, 1987, under FCC Chairman Dennis R. Patrick, who was also a regular appointee, the FCC abolished the doctrine by a 4-0 vote in the Syracuse Peace Council decision. I just think about now. I just think about all the damn you're gonna, did to us. <laughs> well, this is interesting. 
right? In 1982, the Meredith Corporation ran ads over WTVH, arguing that the Nine Mile Two nuclear power plant was a sound investment for New York. Oh boy, hmm. right? Yeah, because like Three Mile Island didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, God. The Syracuse Peace Council complained to the FCC that Meredith had failed to give viewers conflicting perspectives on the plant, thus violating the second of the doctrines to reform. Fair enough. Remember, this is in 82. They just right? did an advertisement yep. for it, so yeah. 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 Initially, the FCC agreed with Syracuse and gave 20 days for the station to address and meet its obligations. Instead of doing that easy thing, Meredith filed a petition for reconsideration in which it argued that the fairness doctrine was unconstitutional. <laughs> now, Right. Straight up. Just like, oh, no, we're not going to let you on the air. We're going to go to the Supreme Court because that's easier. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of doing our jobs, we're going to complain about it some more. Yeah, Jesus. Well, now you remember at the beginning, or not the beginning, but like a little bit ago, I was talking about how like there was that 1985 fairness report that that Reagan dude like put out, right? This this whole like thing that Meredith did was filed like right before it. Mm -hmm. So... Which stated, like, the, the fairness report basically stated that the growth in the number of broadcast outlets reduced any need for the doctrine. Because before, you, you at your hometown, you'd have three channels and then maybe that one weird one, like yeah. the PBS one yeah. and stuff. And then if you were lucky, you'd get two other ones, you know. Um, now it's just, like, cable exists. Yeah. And there's, like, all kinds yeah, of Yeah, so the reasoning is, is that... Would be fucking 20 yeah, or so something. You know what I mean? It's, I could say- so it's basically, if you don't like what's being said on this station, flip the channel. Yeah, right. I could see. Right. The and and there. there's no Fox News quite yet, but like you could still, like ABC would run like uh, you know, the William F. Buckley shit. Yeah. You know, like uh, his debates with Gore Vidal, you should definitely look up because they're a riot. You can see the they reasoning. Each other, but they liked each other. It's really weird. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, no. So the, 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 any need for the doctrine, the, the doctrine often worked to dissuade broadcasters pre- from presenting any treatment of controversial viewpoints, and then it put the government in the doubtful position of evaluating content. And then it created an opportunity for incumbents to abuse it for partisan purposes. Despite this, it declined to eliminate the doctrine in 1985, right? So they're just complaining that like, like, they, their job yeah. is too hard? Well, like, this, this is the, the, the trick here isn't that. It's that, okay, so this thing is going down in like 82 and like by 82, 83, yeah. this complaint's filed. And then 85, this report comes out, which puts the fucking idea that none of this shit works into the minds of the wrong people, basically. So despite this, like, they still kept the doctrine around. Regardless, the court reversed its decision with regards to giving the Syracuse Peace you know, posse their, like, their fucking equal time. Um, and they reversed its decision on that because regulatory agencies cannot invalidate an act of Congress, sure. But also that uh, agency could not bind itself to a constitutional defense due to a self-generated policy. So they determined that the FCC self-generated this policy and it wasn't a mandate from Congress. Oh, it was like an agreement kind of thing. It wasn't like... You work at the FCC to follow the rules put forth by Congress. They're written for yeah. you. Yeah. You don't come up with them. It's not, There's no internal policies going on here. All of yeah. this stuff, it's a mechanism built by Congress ostensibly, right? So... Even though the FCC did not then eliminate the doctrine, the court took a look at the FCC's own 1985 report and pointed out that even it said, quote, the doctrine ser- no longer served the public interest standard of the Communications Act, and that in the report, the FCC, quote, largely undermined the legitimacy of its own rule hmm. and eviscerated the rationale for the doctrine. So the doctrine was ostensibly abolished in 1970. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, hmm. it's... One, I didn't know that, that they were kind of like just they were an agency, but they answered to Congress. So they were basically like 
they ostensibly went to their jobs and sabotaged their yeah jobs. like it, because they knew that if it went under they would get a lobbyist position or some sort of yeah like it was some bullshit yeah. Yeah. And that's all this is that's why it's like a, this revolving yeah, i didn't know i didn't yeah i didn't know that like i didn't fully comprehend like that's basically what it was mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's it's yeah it. yeah like this it wow right it's <laughs> like i thought you actually did things <laughs> now now this fcc vote was opposed by members of congress who said the fcc had tried to quote flout the will of congress and that the decision was quote wrong-headed misguided and illogical wow. In June, in June 1987, Congress attempted to preempt the FCC decision and codify the Fairness Doctrine, but Reagan vetoed the legislation. Because of course he did. Like the things, yeah. the, and this is late in it. This is when the whole like Alzheimer's shit was really kicking. Like, <laughs> made him do it. They were just pushing him. Yeah, this was this was some like weekend at Bernie shit. Like, <laughs> the amount yeah. of things of how much he destroyed our country. Yeah. Well, then another another attempt to revive the doctrine in 1991 was stopped when George H. W. Bush threatened another veto. They just threatened a veto. So this Fowler guy said in uh, 2009 that his work he he was the first FCC guy. Uh-huh. He said that like his work toward revoking the fairness doctrine under Reagan had been a matter of principle because he believed the doctrine impinged upon the First Amendment. Like he says. Not partisanship. And he described Reagan's staff as raising... This is the thing. He's Reagan's guy. But then Reagan's staff is like raising concerns that repealing the policy is politically unwise. (laughs) He described the staff's position as saying to Reagan... The staff is saying this to Reagan, quote, the only thing that really protects you from the savageness of these three networks, every day they would savage Ronald Reagan, is the fairness doctrine. (laughs) And Fowler is proposing we repeal it for fuck's sake, oh, man! So I don't know how to feel. Yeah, you know, like this is yeah. like, huh? All right, weird. A... So this opened the door to some shit, right? God. The 1987 repeal of the fairness doctrine enabled the rise of talk radio that has been described as unfiltered, divisive, and/or vicious. <laughs> In 1988, former ABC radio executive Ed McLaughlin signed little-known Sacramento dickbag Rush Limbaugh to a nationwide God. syndication contract. <sighs> You're going to get real. This is the one that's going to get you mad. McLaughlin offered Limbaugh to stations for free. No. But but they had to set aside four minutes per hour for as McLaughlin sold to national sponsors and the stations could sell the remaining time to local ads. (laughs) For free. That's how you... That's That's For fuck's sake. It's like... I like... I like how they appeal to Reagan that way of like, hey, if if... if you repeal this, they're just going to like take the piss out of you literally every day. And, and he was like, Oh, puppy turtle ball. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, but we do that. Like to fucking Trump, like on this show, it's like, it's it's a complicated thing, right? Because it's on one hand, we can say Trump fucking is a piece of shit, horrible war criminal. Fuck him. He's a and he's a pedophile. Yeah. The same t- exactly. Well, and just to, <laughs> just to just to just to hey 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 just to kind of we got to bring this in here a little bit, right? Like you got you got to remember that like prior to 1987, people using less controversial le- uh, verbiage than Limbaugh's uh, quote feminazis or Barack the Magic Negro oh, song. Calling Georgetown law student Sandra Fluke a slut and a prostitute after she publicly advocated for universal contraception coverage. 
the people who used stuff less controversial than that have been taken off the air as obvious violations of fairness doctrine. Yeah. That it's something else. Like, that, like they, that's you, you'd get canned. Well, I mean, of yeah, course. Yeah, like see the two, the two corollary rules of the doctrine: the personal attack rule and the political editorial rule. They remained in practice until two thousand. This makes me a conspiracy. The personal theorist. attack. Like, this just. Well, <laughs> like, just it's, it's really weird the way they can pull this apart and apply these here and then take these out here and like it makes sense. But the way they're like it's described as these, it's like these movements. Each one of these things is like this pillar on which like you get these in journalism, not yeah. great journalism, but like yeah. Journalism. But then you could just yeah. fuck with and it. It's and like like is it just all rat fucking? The idea of like, well, I'm not doing that. Like yes. I'm literally like I'm obeying. Of course, I'm not obeying the law. I'm obeying the letter of law, if not like the law. It's not like it's. Yeah, well, that's the thing that other judge said. He, he was he believed it like followed the spirit, you know, and, and like this yeah. this doesn't. This is not that. This is like that. we're just going to skirt logic. Yeah, we're just facts. Don't care about your feelings. <sighs> you know, whatever. So these two corollary rules: the doctrine, the personal attack rule, and the political editorial rule remain in place till two thousand. Like I said, right? The personal attack rule was applied whenever a person or small group is subject to a personal attack during the broadcast. Stations had to notify such persons or groups within a week of the attack. Then send them transcripts of what was said, and then offer the opportunity. To the small group group being attacked. Okay, right. They they were. This is what was said about you. Here, you can read it. You get a week, and then we'll have you interesting. Walk. That's the way it's That's, supposed to go, right? Yeah. The political editorial rule applied when a station broadcast editorials endorsing or opposing candidates for public office and stipulated that the unendorsed candidates be notified and allow a reasonable opportunity to respond. So, like, we could sit here and talk about Trump, but then we'd be forced to have him on. I mean, I hate to say it, but like yeah. having it like laid out in front of me like that That's, makes it actually yeah. sounds really nice. It like it makes sense. Well, it's, yeah. not, it's not great. It's not good or bad. It's like it depends. It's like I, I'm not trying to be that guy who's going to get you to buy food buckets from. Yeah, me. I don't. So that we can go to our armored readout and avoid the globalists. Like that's not the point of this podcast, and it never will be because I don't give a fuck about that shit. Yeah. However. It leaves room for that. So now we have to deal with it. And the only way to do this is talk shit about it. You know, I mean, that's all I we mean, got. I mean, at this point, yeah. yeah but because like having it... until it gets into actual life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It's, that's weird, man. That's like, I could see, I could, that's a thing. I can see their thought process behind it because we are in America. And the whole idea is like, you know, we're meant to be able to say what we want. And if you get attacked by somebody else, you should be allowed the ability to I do that i don't think right. i draw the line though when like because that example you gave is spot on it was like then we'd have to have trump on you know our show to defend himself right. i think when you reach a certain point of power it's when it's stopped where it's like fuck you <laughs> like you know like yeah. You, yeah, absolutely you, well that's what makes us different than england. you're defended no, that's what makes us different that's what makes us different than england like you couldn't do these things on the air in england you hmm. couldn't do these things on a podcast in England. Yeah. You literally can't. You get sued into the fucking ground and just do yeah. like here, like that. Yeah. You know, eat, eat my ass, Elon Musk. I'll say that all day. Sure. Eat yeah. my shit and hair. Yeah. What's he going to do? Like, Service for a student load body? He doesn't even know who I am. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit ordered the FCC to justify these two corollary rules in light of the decision to repeal the Fairness Doctrine. Hmm. hmm. The FCC did not provide prompt justification. They just didn't fill out the paperwork. So both corollary <laughs> rules were repealed in October 2000. <laughs> in February 2005, Rep. Louise Slaughter, a Democrat from New York, and 23 co-sponsors introduced the Fairness and Accountability and Broadcasting Act. The bill would have shortened the station's license term from eight to four years, 
with the requirement that the license holder cover important issues. Fair. Fuck, I Hold remember her. Hearings about its coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, twice a year. It document the FCC, how it was meeting its obligations. It died. Of course it did. Uh, in June 2007, Senator Dick Durbin, Democrat Illinois, said, quote, it's time to reinstitute the fairness doctrine. However, <laughs> according to Marin Kogan of the New Republic in late 2008, quote, Senator Durbin's press secretary says that Durbin, quote, has no plans, no language, no nothing, and was asked in a hallway last year, and he gave his personal view. <laughs> that the American people were served well under the doctrine, and it's all been blown out of proportion. And uh, these are the people who claim to support it. Wow. Yeah. Right? And so, like, yeah. now, right? Naturally, yeah. it has been strongly opposed by prominent conservatives and libertarians. Of course Because how else are you going to be able to go on the air and sell supplements, food buckets, and gold? Yeah, it's evolved into... They view it as yeah. an attack. Well, they view it as an attack on the First Amendment rights. Blah, 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 rights, blah, blah, blah. Which we've seen... They value over human lives unless they're unborn because they're potential exploitable employees. Yeah, basically. Right? Yep. That's the thing. It's like it, it. It's weird now living in the modern age because when you're talking about this, I think about the modern Internet and the idea of a free Internet, the idea that you should be allowed, like, mm-hmm. basically make it chaos. You could put whatever you want and then it's self-governing and then we could, like, you put weird shit on. We sort your ass out, like, basically how anarchy right. is supposed to work. But yeah. at the same time. I don't know, like with these dipshits, they're complaining that they can't get on like major news stations to sell their supplements or like, you know, and all this other shit. But I'm like, we have the Internet. You can. This is yeah. 2007. Fox News exists yeah. then. Dude, dude, they're just mad they don't get booked because it's only got, you know, the one channel, because they had a gay person, like, like you know, gay people exist and they're on things. And right. like they want to be on. Well, things. And, and they, you know what? They don't even fucking care about that. They have no goddamn like skin in the game it doesn't bother them. there's like all the people that were super bothered by that are pretty much dead or dying these cats don't care they're just like well we want on this so let's keep want the racket yeah we want them like it's a yeah, and it, yeah it, is. it becomes it's a, racket. a racket it's just i don't know it like that, it sucks it sucks but it's gonna suck it more sucks. like that's the thing i could see the reasoning behind the fairness doctrine but again like i could also see the reasoning behind just having like anarchy which we kind of sort of not really have oh, on the yeah. internet like but oh yeah. you it's let it out let it all out yeah it's fucking weird man like it's fucked up <laughs> yeah well i mean but wait in june 2008 then u.s senator from illinois and presidential candidates press secretary wrote quote obama does not support reimposing the fairness doctrine on broadcasters and considers this debate to be a distraction from the conversation we should be having about opening up on the airwaves and modern communications to as many diverse viewpoints as Corporation. possible. That is why Senator Obama supports media ownership oh gaps, network neutrality. Oh, remember that? I remember. Um, wow. Public. Ajit Pai, you prick. Uh, <laughs> public broadcasting, <laughs> as well as increasing minority ownership of broadcasting See? different outlets. And now we have that. And it sucks. <laughs> fucking he says yeah. that, but what what all that nice shit he's saying is is really corporations, corporations, people yeah. with money. The more money you have, the right. more the you real people, you know, <laughs> right? Not the right. human, right. not humanoids. Yeah, because yeah, did the did the fairness doctrine make uh, Apple podcasts or fucking oh, like God. RSS or any of this shit possible? No, this stuff fucking is love affair like, with corporations whatever. and people with money and but, like. Yeah, we'll we'll get into net neutrality and what a fucking shit show that was in some future episode. Oh man, that's gonna be like weird. I want to engage you. <laughs> yeah. it's if you're an expert about it and want to take us for a ride on it, but like, that's do, fine. Yeah. I would just assume not because I'm just gonna swear. It's just basically gonna be two hours of me just going, "You fucking fucks!" 
that's yeah. it. Like, various <laughs> versions of that. That's fucking ridiculous, oh, man. man. Like, like in the most Henry Rollins way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the idea too that like God. Now that you mentioned like net neutrality, I'm like now it's yeah. kind of like boy, we had a better idea with the fairness doctor. I don't even completely like that. Like, yeah. it's like, yeah. fuck, man. You you come up with a. We came from one like like not it, weird. It's not a bad idea. It's just a dumb idea. To yeah. right. So so then like I mean, well, it does a lot of things. Like I think in June 2001, oh, the chairman man. and a subcommittee chairman of the House. Energy and Commerce Committee, both Republicans, said that the FCC, in response to their requests, had set a target date of August 2011 for removing the Fairness Doctrine. So, I guess, thanks, Obama. Sure, whatever. It's it, saying that shit. But, like, the whole thing is, is that it puts this mentality out that you don't have to engage. Yeah. Whatever else they say, whatever else the fucking press is or anything, it's just that, well, like, I don't have to engage. I don't have to have someone that I disagree with, or I can have someone I play well with on the air. Yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, we benefit from that of not having to, again, not having to actually bring Trump on the show to defend himself. But at the same time, he wouldn't come. He wouldn't come, but you know what I mean. We would, we benefit from that too. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I mean. It's the, but also like, now you can have someone selling the food bucket while saying birds aren't real and also like, or, or saying that kids killed in a school were uh, fucking Alex fake. Jones. Yeah. A false. Right. You know what I'm saying? God. Like, he was allowed to do this shit for 20 something Yeah. Years. And now we get to a point where, like, we're hearing that, like, the RNC isn't even going to have debates. Not even gonna that, that shit is wild. That, yeah. It, it feels like such an offshoot of this. It feels like the worm had a worm. Yeah, that shit. You know, sticking out of its side. Makes my brain go, we are, f- our country is so... I'm gonna take my ball and go home. But even like That's you know, feels like. like traditional. Blah, blah, blah. No, like I, I'm just that. That is such an like a slap in the face of like an American. What tradition. is it? Look, <laughs> like it's yeah. incredible to the point where it's like we don't want I mean, government anymore, <laughs> dude, 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 dude. They think that the Lincoln Douglas debates were between Abraham Lincoln and Frederick. <laughs> so like. <laughs> I'm not lying. They literally, there was like a fucking document they put out about that shit where they were talking about their whole afraid of fucking critical race theory. Just say what you're saying. You don't want to teach history. You don't want to cop to the fact that maybe your great granddaddy owned people. Uh, And like, you don't want to cop to the fact that the Confederacy was only about that. It's just, what the fuck? I've said it before. I have more respect for like a skinhead, Nazi skinhead, than I do about the fucks we have running around now. Because at least you're being honest. Yeah. (laughs) Are they though? Because they're actually running. Shit. Now they are. Like that's the thing. <laughs> they, they, well, no. They what they do? They got a fucking haircut and they put on some fucking Brooks Brothers like knockoff dollar store versions <laughs> of their suits and went around <laughs> getting punched, you know, in yep. the face, yep. making the greatest meme ever. Yeah. Thank you for that. You fucking they evolved shit, and now they're like, like like somehow worse than they were before. It's the idea that like now they're just in things and they don't say the the loud. They don't they don't say the quiet part loud. And it's yeah. just, no, they're saying the last part. Yeah, just do I mean, it's, they do like like historical revisionism of like, yeah, no, like no, it was like totally not about yeah. slavery. Like just every every day, they the Republican yeah. Party just strikes me more and more as like a dictatorship in the making. Yeah, yeah. basically. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I mean that that's it's, it's it's like this slow fucking lurching coup, which goes yeah. again back to Goldwater, yeah. goes back to. The whole Southern strategy first, More you know, than, yeah, everything before, that happened, yeah. like, in the 80s. Well, everything that happened in the 80s, because there, there was this really cool moment where, like, 
Democrats held both houses and fucked up so bad they lost everything the next year. Yep. As we're about to see happen again. You know what yep. I mean? Like That's it's, it's getting old. I'm getting tired of like just gutless. We have problems that need solved, and then they just have a really long-winded way to like distract me from the fact that like, it's like they're not gonna fucking do anything it's like about extra it. scary now though yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. well it, it's you know what being in america right now it's just like what was that guy uh who who did this who they get to say it in in uh, apollo 13 but he it's like tom hanks's character right they're just about to go up in the rocket and somebody says something and he goes yeah you know there's nothing like you know sitting on this much fucking rocket fuel in a device built by the lowest bidder. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it's it's yeah. like driving on roads here anymore. You know what I mean? Like all this money that we need to keep the country running and productive, they're not doing it. Yeah. And, it, yeah. It's, 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 it's like we have, we're in a plague and they're still not doing it. And that's what makes me think that maybe there is actually a comet about to slam into the earth. This is my conspiracy. <laughs> and that fucking know it because they have access to the like deep view shit and now they're just like look let's just rob and kill as many poor as we can so that we don't have to fight them <laughs> we, we can do this in slow motion because we've got years before this yeah, shit that's comes it feels like sometimes yeah, yeah. It's... You, you know you can go without food for two weeks but you only go without water for a few days so like you know we got to factor that into the cost <laughs> analysis just i just love interacting with people who making sure we have caviar in the final yeah, days basically like i really this I... comet splits I really love people who are like not from here because they're always surprised when we like tell them what's actually going on here because you know everyone's going to have their own yeah. idea of what america is like yeah, it's yeah. Like, well, I tell I mean, what their government system is like is like no no it divided as fuck and nothing works <laughs> like we we have good marketing that's the thing that america if nothing else we have the yeah. best marketing huge oh, propaganda tree no. ever we, we basically what we do is we get marketing this is for our listeners abroad we get marketing, and then we put it in a big old paper bag, and then we huff. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what it is. And huffing is when you like kind of bunch up the end of the paper bag a little bit, and you stick it over yeah. your mouth and your nose, and you inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale. Um, you could also do it with paint, I hear, and glue, but I wouldn't recommend those because these uh, those will kill you faster. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> mark. Marketing kills you slower, but it makes you happier about. Yeah, it. and sometimes you get trickles yep. of that, and you think that's what our country is like it isn't <laughs> yeah did you hear me react to um uh the the movie big bug last episode mm-hmm. um that's marketing and <laughs> i got high as shit over the <laughs> i'm not a uh-huh. no one's a, you, know, you can identify a thing and still not be you could just find whatever you want to get high off of and that'll just yes. divorce you more from reality <laughs> yep right so and speaking of which you could go to the internet and find you can <laughs> yes you can i am on twitter <laughs> at, at twitter at neon dystopia you could hit me up for pretty much anything i'm down yeah 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 and uh and hopefully we get back to you pretty quickly i'm at L0WL1F3THE, same thing. Hit me up. Um, I My personal CoinOps McGillicuddy account has more followers, and it makes me sad <laughs> because of marketing. And also, speaking of marketing, we uh, have a crap shop. We have the lowlifecrapshop, L0WL1F3.com. We have T-shirts and a mug and sticker that we want to see on every truck stop. Yep. 
like hand heater everywhere. Every, yes. every glory hole. As many mm -hmm. as possible. You can put it over InfoWars. Please, <laughs> actually, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Nice yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, also, we have a Patreon. Uh, we're shout out it's, to, our, it's there. Uh, to our patrons yes thank you guys thank you, yes. all of you indeed we're trying to keep it updated but like the world is crazy yeah, i'm, I'm getting better um, at it so i'll i put more recent yeah. stuff on there it it's not like it's only available to patreon patrons but it is an update yeah. but like when when there is yeah. exclusive shit don't worry you will be the ones to hear so hit us up at patreon.com slash yeah. neon dystopia drop us a dollar if you can and only if you can i don't want your last dollar right and uh, we have a Discord as well. Yeah. Uh, hi, Brian. Yeah. The uh, Neon Dystopia Videodrome link is in the description. It's a right. It's pretty great. Yeah, it's, it's a very, great. very, very nice yeah. place. Yes. And we like it You're very much. Uh, I go there to relax. I love all of your uh, memes and uh, clothing. Yes, thank um, you. I, thank you for bringing a sense of community to this. Yes. Indeed. Yes. You're, you're getting me to consider dressing up, and I've never done that. So... Um, Someday you're going to see me with like a chain on my wallet and you'll know I fucking crossed over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else? Fuck. Just like, oh, we've also got an Instagram. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, we did. <laughs> we've got an Instagram. Holy shit. So, yeah, I've been. I got a message from someone who, who was like, oh, no, it was uh, one of our friends on, on the Discord was like, they really got a kick out of the fact that I like one of their pictures and they're like the official site. Like, I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here like thumbing through pictures. Hi, you know, like it's cool shit. I'm going to, I'm going like to, you, you can know? interact with us. Don't be afraid. It's, I don't fine. know who I'm logged into. I'm logged into both of them, man. I just hit me up y'all. Yeah. Uh, anywho. anywho. So, okay. Yeah. Podcast. The Lord Podcast.